All right, Twin Flame, I think it's time for a little Sunday snippet. It's been a while since we've done one of these Sunday snippets where we raise awareness around the Christian tradition and what the Bible really means. I've been struggling health-wise. However, I feel pretty good today, and there's a lot I want to tackle. Okay, Today, we will talk about none other than probably the most fundamental principle of the Christian tradition. And that is the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this is by no means an elaborate and in-depth and full description of what it truly means. Okay, uh, This all happens symbolically and astrologically. And it's simply not possible for me to even wrap my head around. Uh, so this being said, I want you to know that this will be kind of a Cliff Notes version However, it will be detailed and you will have everything you need to know. And I want to start off by saying this. God, the master of the universe, the divine force of love, power, and beauty, and joy, and abundance, does not need to kill someone to satisfy his ego. If you truly believe that the maker, the creator of all things needs to commit violence to his only son to quote, to quote unquote save humanity to appease his own ego i don't know where your head is at and frankly i say this with all empathy and all compassion but i i really don't want to speak to you to have the level of ignorance and not be able to question what the hell am i believing do I really think that this person had to be sent by God to hang himself and to be beaten? What, why, why do we subscribe to such violence? Why do we subscribe to such torture and abuse? And you know what? This is what we teach little kids. That for justification to happen of sins, someone needs to die. And so we all grow up with this complex of murder, sometimes is justified war sometimes is justified and we throw in words like it's holy it's righteous it's just over heinous crimes like getting your back torn or flogged by someone why why is there such violence here on earth and why does religion just perpetuate this and you know what? It's not even religion's fault. None of this was meant to be taken literally. Okay. I'm not even sure where I want to start, but we'll start off with the fact that Jesus, okay, we're talking about Jesus. Jesus Christ is a made up figure by the Roman Catholic Church. And he was made up during the Council of Nicaea by the Roman Emperor. Constantine, okay? And he took this person called Serapis Christos, okay? To symbolize the worship of the sun, as in the word S-U-N. Jesus is simply a figure, a symbol of the sun. And it's important to note that Constantine, the emperor who put together the Bible, who put together Christianity, because after uh, Constantine passed, uh, 
Christianity was instated as the main religion of the time. Okay, he worshipped another solar god called Mithra. And guess what? Mithra was born of a virgin and had 12 disciples. Have you ever wondered how the Bible was put together? Because the, the 66 books in the Bible that you have before you, the 39 in the Old Testament, the 27 in the New Testament, those were hand-selected by people. Okay? In the Council of Nicaea, they had thousands of books thousands of manuscripts and they were just like i don't know which one to put and so they randomly selected and you could say yeah there might be an agenda to it but they simply selected out the thousands of holy manuscripts written by these eastern greek mystics they just randomly selected and these are the books that were randomly selected that people take as gospel and there's a whole wealth of scripture out there that people have not have never even read. There's the book of Thomas. There's the Acts of John. Okay? And you can look it up. You can just Google it. Books in the Bible that are not in the Bible. The book of Enoch. And a lot of these books, they say explicitly, all these things Jesus has done was done symbolically. And one of the hidden books... Uh, a book that wasn't included in the Bible, imagine if it was, the Acts of John, it literally says, and there I realized everything Jesus did to save humanity for the conversion of our sins was done symbolically, word for word. Anyway, so we're talking about Constantine, makes up this uh, Jesus figure, right? To symbolize the worship of the son, because everyone worships the son. If you're listening to this, the sun is the most beautiful thing we have in the world, okay? And I'm not saying this as some weirdo, as some hipster, but literally, the sun gives life. Like, take a moment to understand the importance of the sun, the bearer of light, the bearer of warmth. When the sun comes around, then crops can be harvested, right? The days are longer, people are happier, Everyone's warmer. Everyone's brighter. Emotionally, too. Right? And so, the ancients, they worship the sun. Jesus is a figure for us to simply worship the sun. Which is just to say, to have a relationship with the sun. To honor the sun. Okay? And the reason I know this, and this is not an extensive list, but I'm going to list off characters queens, kings, gods, and goddesses that were born, that were said to be born on December 25th, just like Jesus, and born of a virgin. You ready? Hercules, Dionysus, Adonis, Buddha, Apollo, Osiris, Horus, Krishna, Amun-Ra, Joshua. Okay, and the list goes on and on. The reborn son which is the resurrection, is celebrated by all traditions and it signifies the bringer of warmth and light. Okay, so before we go into the astrological meaning of Jesus, the sun god, the sun itself, I want to take you through the crucifixion. 
Okay. So here in Luke chapter 23, verse 33, I'm going to read it. Okay. Because we're going to talk about the location of the crucifixion. And if you're Christian, you know that a lot of people, if you ask, hey, where did this take place? They'll say, uh, it, it took place in Calvary, right outside Jerusalem, right? Luke chapter 23, verse 33. And when they were come, and when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified them. Okay? Right there. Just says Calvary. Calvary right is right outside of Jerusalem. However, you read Revelations chapter 11, verse 8. It says, their bodies will lie in the public square of the great city, which is figuratively called Sodom and Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. Called Sodom and Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. So where was Jesus crucified? Was it in Egypt or was it in Calvary? Was it Sodom? Was it Egypt? Was it Calvary? Where, where was it? See, the reason the Bible isn't clear and has a seemingly noticeable contradiction is because it's not about a physical event. The crucifixion happens in the mind. Happens two places. Happens in the sky and it happens in your mind. As above, so below. Biggest message that I can give you right now. As above, so below. Just as there's a crucifixion that happens in the sky, and we're going to get into that, there's a crucifixion that needs to happen in your mind. And that's where we're going to start. The crucifixion that needs to happen in your mind is this ego death, where you pick up your cross, where you say, I will not bow down to my lower self. I will not give in to my lower desires. I will ascend. I will give into my higher self. I will live for my higher self. I will throw away my old self. This is what ego death is. And this is what happens when you meet your twin flame, by the way. And this is why the runner runs. It's because they see a clear reflection of who they really are. And then they look around them and they're just like, I'd rather just party. I don't want to think about purpose. I don't want to think about inspiring other people. I don't want to think about serving other people. Right? So this is the crucifixion that needs to happen dying to your old self, being crucified and, and flogged and beaten up by other people, right? Because other people would be like, what, what are you doing? Why aren't you living like, a, like everyone else is, right? So let me give you some scripture to back this up because you should not be listening to what someone is saying if they don't have scripture to back it up, right? If I'm telling you these things and I don't have anything, no, no, not even scriptural evidence, but any historical or anecdotal evidence, what good is my word, right? So uh, we have Matthew chapter 27, okay? Verse 33. We'll start off with verse 32. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. I don't think many people knew that. Not only did Jesus carry the cross, Simon did too. Peter did too. And the reason for this is because we all carry a cross. And our cross is our burdens from our lower self that we need to crucify that so that we can ascend to a place where there is no thought and there's only love. Verse 33, they came to a place called Golgotha. And I really want you to hear this. Okay, this very next phrase. They came to a place called Golgotha. 
which means the place of the skull. Do you just hear what I said? Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Where does the resurrection, where does the crucifixion take place? Golgotha, which is the skull. It all happens in your freaking mind. It all happens in the mind. It says right here in the Bible, Golgotha, the place of the skull, which is your head. It all happens in here, folks, in your cranium, where you die to your left side, which is ruled by logic, and you move over to the intuition, right? It's perfectly described by the twin flame journey, where you go into feed into the guise of conditional love, where you feed into the guise of how everyone else is living and you feed in and you buy into the expectations of other people. Or will you die to your old self? Or will you die to your logic and will you go to the right side of the brain? Will you go to the right side of the brain? And when Jesus hangs on the cross, there's someone on his left and someone on his right. And the one on his left doesn't understand anything. He's so focused here on earth. The one on the right, Jesus says, I will see you in heaven. Why? Because the right side of the brain is more spiritual. It's more creative. It's more intuitive. Remember, this happens in the mind, and I can't stress this enough. This takes place in Golgotha, which is the place of the skull. Okay. Now, We'll talk about what it means astrologically. Okay. Some background. In the zodiac wheel, there are 12 signs or 12 houses, which is why there are 12 disciples and 12 tribes. Okay. Everything in the Bible points to astrology. It's an astrological book. How do we know? Who found Jesus? Okay, people in, 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 people in Christian circles are so quick to dismiss astrology. But who found Jesus? Was it evangelists? Was it, was it scholars? Was, was it the lawyers? Was it the Pharisees? Who found Jesus? No, it was astrologers. People who followed the North Star. Sirius. Right? So we have 12, 12 signs in the Zodiac Wheel. And there's four cardinal points. And these cardinal points are where the zodiac wheel turns. These four cardinal points represent the four seasons, which is also the four gospels. Okay, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Summer, uh, fall, winter, spring. Okay. Now, the crucifixion is all about the winter equinox. It's all about the summer. Um, I apologize. It's all about the winter solstice. When we go from the summer to winter solstice, the sun gets smaller, the day shortens, and it's symbolized as the death of the sun. The sun goes away from the summer to winter solstice. Okay. On December 21st, in the autumn equinox the sun goes below and sits and it sets on a constellation okay it sets on a ring of constellations you know what this constellation is called on december 21st the darkest day of the year when the sun goes below and it hangs on these constellations do you know what it's called it's called the southern cross do you know why it's called the southern cross 
because it represents the sun being crucified, the sun going under, the sun going out, the sun, the, the sky becoming dark. That's where we get the crucifixion. That's where we get the cross. It's from the Southern Cross, where the sun hangs on the 21st of December, the summer solstice, the, the winter solstice, or the autumn equinox. And it sets on the sun across and it hangs below there for three months. And then three months later, during Easter, on March 21st, it resurrects. Do you see how this is all astrological? And how we get so caught up in things actually happening and we miss out on the beauty of the interpretation of what it means in the sky. And more importantly, what it means for us, right? So on December, so that's December 21st, sets on the Southern Cross. On December 22nd, we're still in the winter solstice. It stops descending and it quote unquote dies on the cross. It doesn't go any lower. On December 22nd, it dies on the cross. It dies on the cross. On December 24th, midnight, the sun is reborn and it rises off the cross. Okay. And then for the next three months, it hikes up above the equator. And on March 21st, like I said, the vernal equinox, the sun overpowers the darkness and has risen once again to grow life and food and give abundance to the world. That is the meaning of Christmas. That is the meaning of the resurrection. That is the meaning of the death of the sun. And you know why Jesus was born in the manger? Do you know why he was born in a stable? It represents when the sun is reborn, okay? When it rises off the cross, three days later on December 25th, this is the whole meaning of Christmas, by the way, it has nothing to do with big box stores. On December 25th, when Christ is reborn, it's born between the horse and the goat, Sagittarius and Capricorn. That's what it means. So on December 25th, we have the rebirth of the sun. Okay. Now, what is all the symbolism around the traditional Christmas scene? Right? We have the three kings. What are the three kings? Who are they? You know, we talked about magi. We talked about astrologers. What are they astrologically? Okay. So we have the North Star, Sirius, the bright star in the east, right? On December 24th, Okay. On December 24th, Sirius, the star, the North Star, aligns with the three brightest stars in Orion's belt. I'm going to repeat. On December 24th, Sirius, the North Star, aligns with the three brightest stars in Orion's belt. And you know what they're called? The Three Kings. And you know what? It was called the Three Kings since before Jesus' time. This is all astrological, people. None of this actually happened. The, and the three kings line up perfectly with Sirius, and they point directly to the location where the sun will rise the next morning. <laughs> and so this is where we get, like I said, all this happening in the sky is where we get Easter. Easter is derived from the eastern star, 
of Sirius, the sun resides on the Southern Cross and three months later resurrects in the spring or vernal equinox when the light defeats the darkness. That's it. And you might be thinking, okay, cool. What's the point? The point is the sun gives life. And I'm not saying to do a sun dance. I'm not saying go out there and pray to the sun. I'm just saying have appreciation for the sun. Look, if people in the past have worshipped the sun and have made gods to point us to the sun, obviously there's power in the sun that we have yet to realize. It's the great decalcifier, the pineal gland. It heals Do you know that if you look at the sun, you can survive off the sunlight for a very long time? Do you know that if you gaze into the sun, it can cure blindness? And look, all this, look up. Look up yourself. Okay. But as someone who has difficulty with vision, and I have read many naturopathic journals, a lot of people... A lot of doctors, a lot of scholars, a lot of researchers suggest sun gazing. And I'm saying this just to bring up the fact that we do not understand the power of the sun. And especially now, in this technological day and age, we are so detached from the sun. We're never outside. We never play outside. We never look at the sun. We don't enjoy the sun. We don't appreciate the sun. And yet, it is the giver of all life. Yet, it is the bearer of light. So, this is, this was uh, this week's Sunday snippet. I trust that this will repaint and recontextualize the death and birth and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This all happens in the sky, and as above, so below, it happens in your mind as well. Die to your old self, and let your real self, the inner child, the inner Christ in you, live. And you will bring so much light to the world. You'll bring so much abundance to the world. you bring so much clarity to a world full of darkness. Just as the sun resurrects, you can resurrect your inner child, and that inner child wants to bring abundance into your life, wants to bring light to everyone you come across. And this can only happen if there is a passing away of the old self and you die to the lower self or the left side of the brain and you resurrect on the right. Just as the sun sets on the, uh, sets on the, as the sun rises towards the east. Okay. Be well. Bye.